Bill, it's good to talk to you today. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Bishop. How are you today? Doing great. Doing great. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to talk about your testimony, your faith, and and I also wanted to learn a little bit more about how your faith and testimony have been developed and maybe even tried a little bit. So I'm I'm curious first though, just to get to know you a little bit. How um tell us a little bit about your your growing up uh and maybe even you know the religious climate in your home. What was that like? Uh, well, to be real honest, there wasn't uh, a religious climate in my home. Um, I think the, probably the only time we went to church may have been Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't a lot of religion in my, in my home. I think it's something that there were four kids, uh, two girls and two boys. I was the oldest of the four. Um, but I think it's something that we all longed for because as we all grew up, we all gravitated towards organized religion. Um, it was, it was a very trying time. My parents went through a very ugly argumentative divorce. Um, and when we had the opportunity to go to church, um, it was, especially I remember my brother and I, cause we lived together with my dad in our older teen years. I remember us going to church, but it was kind of to determine, we both liked to sing. So we both went to whatever church was close because my dad wasn't going and whatever church had some cute girls and, and, a, and a youth choir. And so um, uh, my brother ended up being a Baptist minister. Okay. Um, my two sisters both grew up, uh, one being a Methodist and one being Presbyterian and somewhere along the line, <laughs> and I know how, uh, I found the Mormon church uh, and it was through my spouse. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you, uh, it sounds like you were maybe church hopping and, and even choir shopping. What was it that, uh, or how did you get acquainted with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Well, I was introduced by, uh, to my wife by a young lady that I was dating. And uh, she and Aunt Donna, and she and Ann were best friends. And so we used to go over to Ann's house and hang out a lot. And her folks were members of the church, uh, not always terribly active, but Ann always went to church. Her brother always went to church. Um, so I suppose that was my first exposure. And I and the thing that happened was is I fell in love with her family. Sure. Um, I saw good family values. I saw a family that wasn't yelling at each other and picking on each other. Uh, I saw a family that was doing things together. Uh, they took vacations together. I fell in love with their family. And so that when Anne broke up with a young man she was dating, 
Um, and I had already broken up with Donna, but I was still going over there to her mom and dad's house. Um, I'd play cards and have activity night with her mom and dad gotcha. while Ann was out on a date. And, Sounds strategic uh, to me, Bill. It, it was. It, was <laughs> it ended up being a very strategic event um, so that when Ann broke up with this other fellow, uh, I started dating her. And like I said, I fell in love with the family and the family were for the most part, they were mostly active, not always. Um, but Anne was the strong one with the faith. And that's how I came to know the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I didn't join it right away. What, what was it that, uh, that led you to join it? It sounds like it might have been a few years out from, from this, you know, just starting to date. It was about five years later after we got married, um, my daughter was born. And so it was February of 1971. And I can remember, uh, I changed the diaper on my daughter. And being the magnificent fellow that I was, I walked out into the living room and holding my little girl, who at that point is just a couple of few days old. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Ann and I said, well, I guess it's time for you to do whatever you do in your church to take care of this baby. And I thought my wife would kind of react with, oh, isn't that wonderful? You know, we'll take care of this and we'll take care of that. Wrong answer. My wife stood up in the middle of that little apartment living room and she said, you hypocrite, you're willing to commit this brand new soul from Heavenly Father to a church you won't even investigate. Mm. And uh, shortly thereafter, we had the missionaries. At well, the tell apartment. me, tell me a little bit about, so this, you know, you'd been married a few years or whatever and. Um, had she tried to get you to investigate? No, she did. She never pushed it. Okay. She never pushed it. And it was, it was like she was waiting for me to realize what I needed. Okay. So yeah, it hadn't become an argument or anything, but, but she'd obviously no. been feeling it. And when you brought that up, it kind of opened the floodgates, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had talked about church a lot. But uh, I guess at that point, I was still thinking I didn't need a church. You know, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I'm not robbing banks and shooting people on the corner. So, mm -hmm. you know, what, what do I need a church for? But, and, she, and she was always a good teacher. So, I mean, I, I was slowly learning about the church, but I had not had any of the formal missionary discussion. Sure. And as a young family, I guess you hadn't been attending a whole lot, maybe just nope. spending time together as a family and skipping that was Sundays. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was it. And uh, so I finally um, took the missionary discussions. Um, even then, I, want, I was kind of stubborn. I wanted the missionaries to prove everything out of the Bible, not the Book of Mormon. Sure. And uh, once I kind of 
I finally accepted the fact that the Book of Mormon was the Word of God. Tell me and about that. that. How, how did how did you get to that point? Well, I I had been taking the lessons for a couple three months at that point. Um, one of the big sticking points for me was children uh, below not who had not reached the age of accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, were perfect beings, and that was a big deal to me as a new dad. Um, so you felt was, like maybe that was a something you couldn't quite accept that that they I were could, that oh, I could okay. accept. Okay, and um, so that hadn't reached the age of accountability was a big deal for me. Okay, um, having someone on the earth today that spoke for heavenly father that was a big deal for me um ironically enough though is is that as i gained the testimony of the book of mormon my testimony about joseph smith as a prophet was much slower and finally I guess about six months after starting into this thing it was like well if you accept the Book of Mormon as the Word of God, that surely meant that Joseph Smith was a prophet. And that was one of those hit yourself in the head with with your hand and go, well, of course. And so I finally gained a testimony of Joseph Smith as a prophet, of the Book of Mormon as the Word of God, and that Spencer W. Kimball Right. Was a prophet of the Lord. And uh, so I remember when we finally said, well, I think I'm ready to be baptized. And the missionaries came over and said, well, we need to do an interview and we got to get permission and everything. And sure. I, and it was like, well, if we got to go through all that hassle, forget. <laughs> <laughs> and and the missionaries went, oh, no. And so uh, we were living in Las Vegas, Nevada at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like a a Monday evening. And uh, by Wednesday, they had made arrangements for me to be baptized. And Las Vegas, ironically enough, had a whole bunch of stakes and wards in it. And we were actually i was actually baptized in a building owned by the church that was the recreational center for the saints of latter the saints of the latter days in uh the valley there and i was baptized in a baptismal font at the end of the basketball court cool very cool so how did how did your life change at that point or did it well, it, it changed slowly, um, started going to church, um, and felt, I, I didn't feel real comfortable at church at first. I was going to ask you how that transition went, because I haven't, you know, having grown up in the church, I've never made that transition, but I imagine it could be awkward and challenging. Well, didn't real, feel real comfortable at first, and 
I suppose part of that was by an incident that happened that kind of steered me in the wrong direction for a while. I was made the secretary in the, I was given the calling of being the secretary in the elders quorum. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted me to learn about the priesthood. Sure. And I remember going out one night with the, uh, all the members of the elders quorum presidency. And we were making a, like a welfare visit to a sister. And, and I don't even rem- I don't remember her name or the mem- men who were with me, but we went to visit her and she had been inactive for quite some time. And she started confessing things that I have since learned should have been confessed to a bishop. Sure. But the eldest quorum president didn't stop her, um, didn't uh, slow down her confessing. And when we left and we got out in the car, I remember sitting in the back seat and the other guys were all laughing. Hmm. And I had been to enough other churches to think of priest as sacred people. Sure. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like going to see the priest at the Catholic Church or going sure. to see the priest. And so the the very title of being a priest, I thought meant something really special. And it should, right? Even, you know. And the, these, but these men were laughing at her. Sure. And uh, I remember going home and talking with my wife, and I just remember sitting there on the couch crying. And so it took me a while to go back to church again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that shattered my spirit and i and i had to again grow by talking i had a great home teacher and i remember his name his name was greg rhodes and brother rhodes loved me unconditionally and he just he would come over and sit and counsel with me and he'd sit with my wife and he was just a marvelous man that literally loved me to, to the point to where, okay, I need to go to church because I need to go to church for Greg. Sure. And uh, kind of sneak up on full activity. <laughs> right. Well, at what point did you feel like you kind of came into your own, got your own stride, if you will, in the church and said, okay, I'm here for you know a more mature reason you know or, or i'm just i'm here for me i'm here i get again i Lord. guess let's see that was 1971 so i guess it would have been a total of about six years before you so, felt like okay i'm i'm in i'm good i'm in yeah wow and it really took me that long to feel comfortable with church um, go at, at that point in time, you went to priesthood in the morning. We went sure. to Sunday school around noon. And then around three o'clock, we went to sacrament meeting. 
I and, remember that just barely when I was very young. <laughs> and, um, and it, but it took me that long to really feel like I was, I could do this. And I was, I was given the, the calling of being the priest quorum advisor. And I said, if I, if I have to teach these young men, I need to know as much as they know sure, and maybe more so that I can teach them what the Lord would have them learn. And so that began a uh, venture that took me, oh, 17 years of being a priest quorum advisor slash young men's president. So for 17 years, you were either an advisor in the priest quorum or as a young men's president. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Wow. And, and, and loved it, you know, mm -hmm. had the young men in and out of my house. My, my kids grew up with the young men coming and going. Um, I, I, lots of activities with the young men. Um, but I, sending young men on missions you know i could my testimony could grow because i saw young men going on missions that were exactly what they needed for their personality so i knew that the lord had a hand in sending these young men to the right places sure. um i could see the young men growing in stature um, I, I still communicate, let's see, Dennis and Eric and Jeff, I got three or four young men that, well, they're not young men anymore. Sure. Um, <laughs> they have grandkids. Um, but no, three or four of my young, uh, of my priest, you know, that I, I still talk to and communicate with. Um, that's so, awesome. you know, that's just an amazing thing that happened to me. That's amazing. That is. And, and obviously you could see over that period of time, you could see their growth. You could see them going on missions and come back and, and how they had grown. And so I can see that you were much more vested in, in the church and your calling and, and just living the gospel and like oh, I say, bringing yeah. your family along. Yeah, yeah, it just, it, it, you know, and there was a, there was a, a short stint where I was a 70. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't do that in the stake or wards anymore, but uh, I held a priesthood office of a 70 for a while. Um, going out with the missionaries, my wife used to tell my kids, well, he's going out there to put another brick into our celestial home. That's cute. And it was like, that's okay then. Yeah. Yeah. So um, once you kind of got into that stride and you felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I imagine there were also some other challenges, trials that, that came along at some times and, and made you wonder or question or, or just think, man, this is harder than it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, this is supposed to be happily ever after. And this is hard. And and I, I think that was 
you know, I think I was hit with that during those first six or seven years. Okay. That, uh, you know, after seeing those uh, gentlemen laughing at this lady and uh, my, quite honestly, losing a lot of respect for the title of priest. Sure. Um, that hurt. Um, probably much more recently, in spite of all of my best efforts and intentions, um, <clears throat> when my wife passed away, well, let me, a backstory real quick. When my mother-in-law passed away, I can remember my wife saying two things. Uh, it's okay to cry because it would be really sad if we didn't miss them. Sure. And secondly was she wanted to argue with Heavenly Father sure. about, about things like Alzheimer's and how, you know, people lose their dignity sure. and things like that. Okay. So when my wife passed away, I probably went an easy two or three years where I wasn't overtly angry, but I, I wanted to have, I really wanted to have a long talk with Heavenly Father. Sure. And, and say, why now? You know, we just retired. We were getting ready to do things. And I have grandkids and we haven't lived long enough to see great grandkids. Um, so it was, it was, it was kind of tough. And yeah. um, it, it took me uh, a while to uh, give that anger away. Tell me about that, if you can. How, how did you go about surrendering that to the Lord? Well, a lot of it is your men's group. Um, one heart, one light. And uh, I was challenged to give away those things to Heavenly Father that I couldn't change. And I, I can't change the fact that Anne had already passed. Sure. I, I knew I had faith that we would be reunited and that we would be, um, but that, and I knew that, I know that we can be reunited. But it, it was so tough because she was 65 years old. So she wasn't really an, an old lady. Sure. And we did everything together. And here, all of a sudden, I was alone again. I was... Uh, I was ashamed 
of some of the things that I took for granted. Um, I was ashamed because I'm not sure I appreciated everything she did for me as her husband, sure. as her friend. Um, she always followed me literally around the world to, uh, so I could chase my career. Yep. Um, she, she paid all the bills. I, I'm, I'm for 47 years. I never wrote a check. Sure. Um, and e even down to, and including simple little things like getting the mail. I, I, I didn't walk out there and get the mail. Uh, so I wasn't real supportive of her roles as a mother, as a wife, as a companion. Now, we loved each other and we did everything together. But uh, I certainly could have been a lot more supportive. Sure. And so th that added to <laughs> that added to my anger with Heavenly Father that said, you know, Bill was such a jerk. <laughs> I mean, I could have been so much nicer. And so and so as I look around the church and sisters now, you know, I, it's easy to spot the ones who are very strong in the faith, who are supporting your wife, you know, easy to see that she's very strong in the faith and supports you as sure. bishop and husband. Um, and seeing those kinds of relationships does my heart good very and cool. makes me feel good. But uh, yeah, for, for some time it was, uh, why'd you do that, Heavenly Father? Sure. Yeah, I can only imagine what what would be going through your mind, and and even the the struggle to to get all the pieces put in place where you could kind of carry on forward. Um, and uh, I appreciate you sharing all that with us, Bill. It's you've you've had an amazing journey, and we're uh, we're about out of time. But I wanted to just kind of end with with the question: What have you come to know? through this faith journey? I suppose the first thing that I, ha I, I have come to know is I know that God's real and that he knows me as one of his sons. He knows me for the person, not only the person I am, but the person that he wants me to be i know that uh, jesus is the christ it took me a long time to figure out that the book of mormon really is the word of god written by a latter-day prophet that uh, our prophet today really is the person who Heavenly Father wants us to, to have in place. I don't think it's an 
I don't think it's an accident that we have a doctor who is the prophet of the Lord during the time of a pandemic. He's in the right place at the right time. I know that uh, temples have the sealing power of Elijah that they really can bind families together forever. And I know a lot of people say it, but I will say it and I will say, I know it. And one of the ways I know it is that this church has the ordinances necessary to do that. And so going to the temple, is a big deal sure. and really can make the difference for your family. Um, well, I guess, and I'll just say, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bill. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being with me today, for sharing your faith, your testimony, and, and just a little bit of the journey that you've taken. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Have a good one.